I have been doing monk mode, and I guess I only really started calling it monk mode a year, year and a half ago. But I've been doing monk mode in various different forms uh, ever since I was 14, so for the last seven years, uh, going through these sort of intense bouts of just focus and just blocking out all distractions. And, um, you know, really today I'm going to give you the science to that. And as I said, really show you what it takes to win and succeed at this game. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and roll today's special bonus episode of Whale Season. So ladies and gentlemen, there are certain words, there are certain phrases that just stick. And when I started talking about monk mode in 2020, I would have people sending me like stories or posts from people like two months later. They weren't even following me talking about monk mode. Oh, I'm about to, I'm in monk mode. I'm in this, I'm in that. I would have people literally sending me stuff from Twitter uh, about threads and people mentioning, oh, this is my new monk mode protocol, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, like I, I was so happy to see that um, because I think there's such immense power in just like even stating to the world, just putting it out there, right? Even if it's kind of to yourself that, hey, I'm in a period of my life of intense focus maybe even isolation, right? And it's, it's, I'm in this phase that's all encompassing. And that's really what monk mode is. So I know most of you guys are gonna be very, very excited to, uh, you know, for me to kind of unpack some of the stuff that comes as a part of monk mode, um, you know, really how to get to a place where monk mode works for you and also how to almost build out your own monk mode protocol because that's one of the biggest issues I've seen with other protocols out there is they're so rigid. So with no further ado, let's get straight into it. Today's teachings, clearing distractions so focus prevails, make your workhorse usable, clear out your phone, optimizing your work environment, the natural flows of life and how to bend time, monk mode and its use case, and then finally how to develop your own version. So one of the things I'm known for is my monastic focus, which is kind of how that whole monk mode thing came about. You know, really just my uh, unwavering focus. And over the last four years, I've tried everything, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next module. Um, but I've spent, you know, over $200,000 on just like health, optimization, sleep, nutrition, detox, etc, etc. You know, outside of that 200,000, I spent on my health, I probably spent another 150,000 on like different desk setups and computer setups and different keyboards and mics and and different office setups and just, in, you know, really optimizing my environment and optimizing my work output. And the conclusion I've arrived to after four years is that truly less is more. Now, I'm going to show you all of the, the, the little uh, tricks and tactics you can use to have incredible, unwavering focus. But before we get into that, really a lot of what focus is, is just starving distraction. Look, ladies and gentlemen, there are distractions everywhere, whether it's some dummy like me shouting at you when you're trying to watch YouTube or having your room be messy or constant notifications on your phone. Whatever it may be, most people just have too much shit in their lives. When they try to go online and learn a new productivity system, you know, they try to download a new app and what they do is they add even more clutter to their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to remove clutter from your life and then safeguard your energy from distractions because they're everywhere. The reason horses have blinders on is actually to protect themselves from outside factors. The only way they can focus is to literally minimize their line of sight. And that's what we need to do. So we're going to start off with some very easy wins to begin with. And then from there, we'll go on to some of the bigger moves and bigger changes that you can make. And the best place to start is, you know, the thing that you'll be spending most of your time on, which is your computer, because, you know, it's funny, right out of the box, your computer actually isn't very conducive to work. So the first thing that we are going to do is we're going to implement Facebook feed eradicator. Now, it doesn't matter who you are, you should be implementing this. And even if you want to just get to a five figure year earner, like this is so important. So 
Facebook Feed Eradicator is a Chrome extension that allows you to use Facebook on your desktop without seeing any ads or seeing anyone's posts. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a must. There is quite literally zero value in checking in on what other people are up to on Facebook. Now, the next one is unhook, and this is uh, remove YouTube uh, re recommended videos. Now, once again, everyone should implement this. And this is if you're even just trying to get to five figures a year. Now, this extension will allow you to block all YouTube home and right side recommendations, as well as comments. Now, YouTube can be a decent source of light information and entertainment, but the best thing to do is to subscribe to 10 to 20 channels that aren't full of fluff and just look at that. The other thing that I do personally is I actually have um, home recommendations turned off. I have right side recommendations turned off, but I actually leave on comments because sometimes I find it interesting to read what the comments uh, are saying uh, in a video. And uh, by the way, I used to use a different Chrome plugin and then they got like, you know, they're no longer around. So just in general, if you look up on uh, the Chrome store, if you just look up uh, remove YouTube recommendations, uh, you know, there'll be a few options that come up, but unhook should still work. Next thing is focus for Mac. Okay. And once again, this is everyone should be using this. And once again, this is also, even if you just want to make five, get to a five figure year earner, you should implement this. Now, it's not enough to say that you're not going to go on YouTube or Facebook, etc. You have to put systems in place to ensure it doesn't happen. So I use Focus, which has an amazing hard lock mode. Okay, so as I said, just look up Focus for Mac. Um, and with this hard lock mode, you select what websites you want to block and then the time frame, and then it just locks it. Okay, so you won't be able to access the website after that. So you can actually set specific websites. So you know, you can, for example, you can go on everything except for, you know, like, let's say, for example, you're running ads for clients, you know, the business manager that you'll be able to go on because it's like business.facebook, but like facebook.com, you won't be able to go on. Or um, let's say you don't want to go on Instagram or YouTube, right? But you need to be able to go on Facebook. Let's say you're doing some uh, lead sourcing, or let's say you have a profile funnel and, and, you know, you're messaging people on there, whatever it may be. The point is that you can have the flexibility to choose what websites you go on and what websites you don't go on. Now, if you're, as I said, if you're prospecting leads or doing outreach, obviously do not turn on focus. Okay. Like if you're uh, prospecting through uh, Instagram and Facebook, like obviously don't turn it on. Okay. But when you're watching this course, turn it on because there's no reason for you to be able to access YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram while you're watching this course. Okay. Now, when you're setting up your website or you're building out your onboarding or working on getting your, uh, your clients results or, you know, doing hiring, like anything that's like some, a uh, part of systems, right? Also turn it on, right? Because the thing is you won't, you don't need Instagram or Twitter or access to YouTube while you're doing this stuff. Okay. Now side note, you can actually block the main Facebook URL, as I said, and just leave the Facebook URL, which means you'll be able to use it even when you're using focus. Next thing, brain.fm. Now, you know, even, you know, everyone should be using this, as I said, even if you're making zero and if you want to get to five figures a year earner. Now I have Spotify blocked using focus and you can actually block apps um, when I work because, you know, working to rap or other music is the worst idea ever. And it's funny because sometimes I'll even have tasks that are maybe a little bit more menial and I'm like, oh, you know what? It's fine. I'll just play this album. Like even if it's not rap or anything, like I'll just play this uh, classical rock album and just the lyrics mess with you. So that's why I use Brain FM and Brain FM only. And there's many tracks on there. And um, yeah, as I said, the, the main issue with uh, Spotify is that main home screen can hook you into listening into someone's new album. Because uh, the thing is, they'll give you notifications about people that, you know, artists that you like and when they've got new music coming out. So as I said, you can spend time doing that. Or the other issue is, you, you know, you might spend so long trying to find the right uh, Hi-Fi Beats playlist. So instead, use Brain.fm. It has tons of good research backing the results people get while listening to their stuff. And as I said, it's the only thing I listen to now when I work. And I've been using this thing for three, yeah, going on three and a half years. Now, the next thing is to fully 
clear your desktop. Okay, fully clear it. Now, the way that I organize my desktop is I have a triage folder. So triage, you know, when you go to a hospital, you get sent into triage first, that way they know where to put you. So I have triage and that's my main folder. So within that, I have subfolders. So everything kind of goes in there. And then uh, outside of that, uh, on Mac, you can put, and I'll get Tristan to like, uh, find some clips from online or something and, and, and lace it in. You can actually do stacks. So you can turn on the stacks option on Mac, which means that like, if there's, it almost categorizes things for you, like, uh, you know, music or like audio, uh, video, uh, uh, files, right? So that way, if anything ever ends up on your desktop, it's not cluttered. It actually kind of compresses it and then puts it into subfolders and then you can put it into triage and organize it the way that you want. So as I said, I'm not going to tell you how to organize your desktop, but the point is there should never be more than six items on your desktop. Like there's, there should never be a reason and that's the case. So as I said, clean your desktop, you know, usually I find people with um, really messy desktops also usually have very messy minds. So the next thing to talk about is unplugging from your phone. And wow, do people struggle with this? Ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing about your phone is that it's organized. Okay, minimalism. If you don't use it every day, then don't have it on there. Okay. Also do not have anything on there that could potentially distract you. Next thing is screen time. So make sure you add the screen time widget to your home screen as a widget, you know, on your iPhone. And I, I know on Android, they do this as well. This is a first step in realizing you have a problem. <laughs> All right. Because this will bring your screen time to your attention. And for a lot of people, their screen time will be eight hours a day, right? Even while you're trying to build your agency. Okay. Most people don't realize how crazy their screen time actually is. So when you've got your screen time sitting there right in front of you um, on your phone, then it'll really start to bring it to your attention. Mindful. Okay, so stay aware of all the time that you're spending on different platforms. And what you should do as well, especially on iPhone is you can set limits on certain apps. So let's say you do like using Twitter, right? And you, you, you get some good information from Twitter or, you know, you do like to, you know, you still don't want to drop Instagram entirely or you're not ready to, you know, maybe you, you start uh, tapering down. So if you look on your screen time and you see that, hey, on average, I spend an hour and a half a day on Instagram, maybe you taper that down. So, you know, uh, for the next two weeks or for the next week, it's an hour. And then from there, you put it to 30 minutes and you set these uh, screen limits, right? And as I said, you can do that on iPhones. Uh, and use case, right? In general, as an agency owner, you don't really need to use your phone for much. Your phone and social media will uh, most likely be the single biggest detractor to your success if you let it. Okay. So if you're going to use social media for prospecting and for reaching out to clients, just use it for that. And the best part is, you know, even with Instagram, you can do all this stuff on your computer now. Like you don't even need to open your phone to prospect. So, so for that reason, pull out your phone, type in Instagram and just delete it. No, God, you know, there really is no purpose for Instagram for 70% of you guys. You're not going to use Instagram for outreach for the 30% of you that do. As I said, now the, the desktop uh, version of it is so good that you can just do it on your desktop. And then that way, you know, when you're not between work periods, you're not checking your phone every, you know, every 30 minutes, like a, like a frantic, I don't even know what to call you. So um, as I said, just go ahead and delete off your phone. There's no reason for it. The next thing is open up Facebook and just go ahead and delete it off of your phone. Because once again, it is great for prospecting, but the um, desktop web version is very good. And they even have a, uh, like a app version now, like an actual dedicated application. So there's no reason for you really um, to have Facebook on your personal phone. So really the long story short is avoid using your phone as much as possible and also understand the moment that you turn it off of airplane mode or you turn it on in the morning. And it's funny because for 80% of people, their phone is already on, like it's on throughout the night. You, in my opinion, and from my experience, you lose 50% of your focus instantly, right? It's funny, like I have two phones, people know that. 
I have two phones, one with literally only four applications on it. No one knows my number. So that's just so, you know, from like when I wake up 6.30 until uh, 1 p.m. when I turn on my other phone, it's got everything else on. Um, you know, if for whatever reason, I need to get an Uber, or I need to order something or like I need to search something on my phone for whatever reason, right? I've got something that's non-distracting. So I've got a few key apps on there. And it's funny, even when I turn on my phone uh, at 1 p.m. and before like it even like I even turn it on, right? And notifications come in, like I feel that rush of cortisol because because I know that there's something on there that is going to rob me of my focus. So I even feel that cortisol come up. So that's that. As I said, I have two phones. Obviously, you don't need to get two phones. Or if you do, just make the other one, like just get like a really cheap used phone for like 150 bucks or 200 bucks, right? Or I guess you can even use an iPod. Um, and if you don't do that, then at least, you know, just, you know, start off with a challenge. For the first hour of waking up, don't turn on your phone, right? Or have your phone on airplane mode and just keep pushing, you know, keep kicking that can down the road, right? And get it to a point where, as I said, you could wake up and, you know, in my case, for the first six, seven hours of the day, sometimes even eight hours, my phone isn't turned on because there's just no need for it. Like, I don't need my phone to run my business. And the challenge that I want to give you is get into this mindset of like getting addicted to seeing how low you can get your screen time. Like, just just see how low you can get it. Um, and as I said, make that a little challenge to yourself. My next instruction to you is something that I know you're going to throw a hissy fit about, but I want you to delete YouTube off of your iPhone. And then let's say if you have a tablet like an iPad. And by the way, guys, look, you're never going to do any productive work on your iPad or your iPhone in terms of watching YouTube anyways. Like if there is a use case for YouTube, which there is, the use case is sitting down at your desk, right? And, you know, having like a Notion or a note taking app and or, you know, a Google Drive and typing notes on specific videos that you add to your watch later, or if it's light entertainment, then just specific channels. So I want you to do that. Then I want you to go to your YouTube and I want you to unsubscribe from every single channel except for 10. You're allowed 10 channels. And I think I'm subscribed to. OK, I will say I've broken that rule, but also I have a lot more. Uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, self-discipline, so I'm subscribed to maybe around 15 channels. And by the way, guys, feel free to unsub for me. I don't mind. OK. I see so many people. I think YouTube does so much good, but I also think out of all the platforms, it's probably the worst for entrepreneurs because so many entrepreneurs, and I know so many people in this program, you get stuck in the cycle of watching YouTube for hours and hours as they form a procrastination. And a lot of times you'll be watching business entrepreneur stuff, maybe podcasts, interviews, and uh, you're watching and you're like, oh, I'm like, I'm doing good, right? Like I'm learning. And no, you're not. And you need to understand that 99% of stuff on YouTube 99% of the stuff that you're watching is dumbed down stuff, right? And and usually it's for another person's benefit. You need to understand even with my YouTube, you know, 70% of the content that I have to make, 70, 80% is I have to drive lead flow for greenc.com. Now there's, you know, I still like to do in a way that's authentic to me where I'm not really dumbing down concepts. Um, and there's 30% of the stuff that I do just because like, I think it's such an interesting video and I don't really care how it ranks and stuff like that. But you need to understand, even with me, like I'm doing it for business. I'm doing it for the health of my company, for greenc.com. So look, don't get me wrong. You can find some gems on YouTube, but it's funny. The gems on YouTube are usually the ones with, you know, a few hundred views, right? Like they're interviews with software company owners, with uh, like really high level entrepreneurs. But, you know, these interviews, because they're not very like clickbaity or this, that, usually they don't get many views. So as I said, you can find a lot of gems on YouTube, but for the most part, most of it is junk. Now you are in the most advanced education program on earth, or at least in the internet marketing space. Okay. And you have countless and countless and countless hours of paid content between not only the program, which you can rewatch four five, six times, but also all the additional bonus courses that we add multiple times a year. And then not only that, but then also all of the Q and a call recordings. I mean, really you have more content than you know what to do with. 
and ladies and gentlemen, this is the paid stuff. So there's no, um, you know, there's no like uh, a marketing message. There's no like, like here's the thing. Like I, you've already paid. You're already a customer. Okay. Like I don't need to spend 70% of the videos trying to like, you know, a backhandedly sell you on something or like, you know, hold something behind. So you buy some, like, you mean like you guys get everything here. So, so specifically the main course, rewatch it again and again, any additional bonus courses that we add throughout the year, Q and a call recordings, as well as all the student interviews that we have, you know, the, the dozens and dozens and now probably even hundreds of student interviews, you can just revisit those again and again. Now, if you do use YouTube, you want to use it in a very intentional way, right? So if you have a topic that you want to learn about, look it up, add it to your watch later. And when you watch YouTube, always have, um, you know, Notion, Evernote, whatever, uh, you know, side by side and be making notes on it. Okay. So that way, when you're on YouTube, it's very intentional and you're actually there to learn something. So I guess long story short is most people are just, you know, dicking around on YouTube and really just using it as a form of procrastination. So let go of it. Ladies and gentlemen, now let's talk about optimizing your environment. Now, one thing I want to talk about is justified expenses. So when you're first making money, spend it on making your life more pleasant and easier, not buying Gucci to impress people who you don't even care about. The priority should always be to spend money on improving the quality of your life before materialistic crap. Now, 80% of what I'm about to share with you is business expense. Okay, so you can write it off as one, which means you'll pay less tax and potentially be able to get the sales tax back depending on how your taxes are structured. That said, no matter if you're a business or you're a sole trader, you should be able to write these expenses off. But obviously, please speak to your accountant first, though. Now, most people sign a client and go buy something that loses 60 to 70 percent of its value instantly or go out with their friends and end up spending $200 on drinks, all stuff that you can't business expense. Instead, along this journey, reward yourself by improving your equipment, making your office nicer and improving your quality of life with some of these services. Now, you'll be rewarding yourself, but doing it in a way that is tax efficient if you can ex a business expensive, as well as doing it in a way that makes you actually more excited to work and more focused. Ladies and gentlemen, most people don't realize that it's not about like the issue isn't buying the TV, right? Or buying the PlayStation or the issue isn't like, for, for example, people ask me all the time, Eman, why don't you buy a car? Guys, for me, the issue isn't buying the car. Yes, I can buy the supercars. I can buy many, many supercars. That's not the issue for me. The issue for me is I will have a supercar sitting outside of my house that I have to pay insurance for that I have to, you know, every time I drive it, the value of it goes down because there's a mile counter. And also here's the thing, like, I don't really, I don't really like, of course I leave my house every day, usually to go to the gym. Um, but like, I don't really leave my house. Like there's nowhere I drive to. Right. So I'd have this expensive uh, liability that I feel bad for not using. Okay. And, you know, that's also the reason why a lot of people wonder, why do I spend so much money on watches? Because, you know, there's no mile counter on this. I can wear this as many times as I want. And either way, before it gets sold on or if it gets sold on, you know, it gets polished. So, you know, as I said, that's why for me and, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll travel abroad and not be in London for three months. And, and I've got and I've got over a million dollars sitting in my safety deposit box. And and there's no running costs on that except for, you know, just the safety deposit box. But that's it. So as I said, yes, when you make money, you can go spend on a nice upgraded TV system or like, a, you know, maybe a car or this or that. But you're not thinking about the consequences that come with that, which is when you buy a car, you, you want to use it and you want to drive it. And that takes away from your business. Right. When you buy a nice TV with a sound system, you want to then use that thing, even when it comes to stuff like clothes. Like if you buy nice clothes. Right. And by the way, it's no secret that I like nice high end clothes, granted, without any branding and like pretty much most of my stuff, like I'd be wearing a it's very expensive outfit and you know, you would never know. And that's kind of the way I like to do things. But even with that, right? Like I don't like if I was buying stuff that was like branded, right? 
I would probably want to go out and wear those clothes so that way like I could you know enjoy it right whereas when I buy a black t-shirt from Bottega or Loro and it's like $400 like no one's gonna no one's ever gonna know how expensive it is right so for me then I'm not inclined to like like I don't feel as though I need to wear it out to like you know justify my purchase so as I said when it comes to things you're buying be very careful not of just how much money you're spending on it and the fact that you can't business expense it also be careful of like how that purchase changes your day-to-day routine or what you would normally do. Now, one of the first ways you should look to reward yourself is a really good desk and a really good chair. People always ask me where this chair, uh, this desk is from. It's from a company called Fully, I believe. Um, and it's just like, it's their highest end one. I think it cost me around a thousand dollars, which is very expensive, but it's also a stand-up desk. So it's very good for my health. And just like, and just this thing is like super thick. Like I've had other stand-up desks before, but this is like by far the highest quality. And obviously you can tell it's it's quite large, right? Like uh, you can look at my wingspan and it's, it's quite large. So this desk is $1,000. My chair is a $1,500 Ehrman Miller uh, Aeron, I believe it is. Uh, they call it the Rolls Royce of chairs. Um, and as I said, this is not stuff that you need to buy immediately, okay? You don't need to sign one client and immediately go out and buy an expensive desk. That's, you know, don't do that. But this is stuff that probably do once you hit your first $5,000 a month, okay? Another massive one, and I guess just kind of coming on this point, like, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, you know, I'm moving very soon, so I won't be taking desks with me abroad. And actually the chair, like I'm actually trying to move and just move my entire life in six suitcases, you know, kind of trying to do like a little bit minimalist cleanse. But, but if I was staying in London, this desk would be with me for 10 years. This chair has already been with me for three years. Okay, and as I said, and in fact, this chair has a 10 year warranty anyways, if anything happens, right? So think about the amount of time you're spending at your desk and at your chair over the space of the next five, 10, 15 years. Of course, this stuff is worth it. One other thing I wanna mention is your computer. You know, if you've got a crappy computer, a computer that has issues or overheats, you know, for me, I always have the nice, like the fully spec'd out MacBook Pro and I buy a new one pretty much every single year. Because for me, it's like, there's no higher ROI on a thing. Now, obviously you guys don't need to do that, right? Like definitely don't do that. But for me, there's no higher ROI. So every year I just get the, the new one, get fully spec'd out. And um, you know, in that case, you can just go ahead and sell your old one. I usually give it to a member of my team or one of my friends because your computer is your workhorse. So of course it makes sense to invest as much as you can into it. Now I'm gonna play you a short clip from the full office tour video I did. And this will give you an idea as to how I've structured my desk setup and just how selective I am about the things in my vicinity and my space. As you can see right here, this thing comes up. My chair, now I have the Herman Miller Aeron chair. It's a bit pricey, I think it's around a grand, but worth every single penny when you're working as much as I am. So when I bring the desk up, right? So this is my call height, number three. Number two, this is like my standing desk height when I'm actually typing and doing work. And then obviously number one is when I'm sitting. So this, what this actually does, it's got little like, um, it's got little like bumps in it. So it's meant to mimic like the forest floor if you're wa uh, walking uh, barefoot on the forest floor. Okay. It's just nice to like kind of massage your feet while you're standing up and, and getting some work done. So wh while that is up, that goes there. And then when I'm sitting down, this goes back, tucks in perfectly under there, and this comes down. Now, a little bit about this desk. As I said, this is this is actually a fully hardwood desk. Now, it took a little while to get to this point with the setup. Initially, I had my desk right over there, like wedged in here, and I actually ordered the fully laminate desk. Took a big L because laminate, you end up getting fingerprints. So Tristan, my creative director for Gadgie, 
and uh, obviously videographer for uh, the YouTube channel. He had to assemble the whole thing because I'm I basically have zero practical skills whatsoever. Um, so he had to assemble the whole thing. I didn't like it, so he disassembled it. But at least he got a stand-up desk out of it. And I ended up ordering this bad boy. Same thing from Fully. I've had so many compliments and so many people ask me where I got this desk. Once again, a little pricey. I think it was 1,100 pounds. But to me, worth every single penny. And I got the, this is the medium size. Like there was one even larger that you can get than this. But honestly, you don't really need the space. So this is the desk. Now, always on my desk, I've got yellow paper. I don't know why. I think it was, is it Roald Dahl? You know the author Matilde? Mm, yeah. Is, is that how you say it? Yeah, Roald Dahl. I think it was Roald Dahl or someone like that. Someone uses yellow paper. And I remember hearing this back when I was in school and I was like, oh, that seems really cool. Um, so ever since I just only write on yellow paper. So write on yellow paper with my trusty Mont Blanc. Once again, a little pricey, but um, I don't know, just anything that you can do to make your work environment better at this stage of my life where I've been running my agency for four years and I've taken it to a pretty good level. For me, these little expenses are insignificant because this is my temple. This is where I get my work done. So the little driver behind this monitor right here, this is the 16 inch uh, fully specced out, I think, except uh, actually this has one terabyte of storage rather than two, didn't need two. So this is the almost fully specced out. Is the fully specced four terabytes or two terabytes? I think it's four. Then I think this is two. Okay. No, actually, I think this is two terabytes in the fully spec out. I look, either way, point is it's 16 inch MacBook Pro. And I love this because when I'm traveling and, you know, even earlier this year, I was in Cape Town for seven, eight months. Um, this thing is awesome. Great screen real estate. And to me, the best laptop out there. This monitor right here, ladies and gents, I've spent probably upwards of seven, eight grand on different monitors. I I've tried them all. I tried them all to arrive to this point. So what I wanted from a monitor is first of all, one with an integrated webcam. Yes, I know you can get a webcam separately. This, I, I understand. But I wanted one with an integrated webcam with just a single wire setup. So you can see right here, whenever I, you know, I'm, let's say I'm off on business or let's say, I, you know, I happen to take the computer off the stand and, you know, use it as a laptop. When I come back, all I have to do is single wire plug in and my entire setup is back to normal. You know, I've got this. I don't use any external speakers or anything. Honestly, I think the speakers on here are more than sufficient. So this is actually LG 5K. This is this was their collaboration with um, uh, Apple for monitor before they actually released a new XDR display. This is a 1080p camera right there, which is more than sufficient for sales calls and stuff like that. I don't, you know, honestly, I can't really tell the difference between that and like the 4K ones and this and that. So as I said, when I plug that in, I've got my monitor, my incredible monitor. I have my keyboard and my trackpad already connected. I have a monitor with a camera inside of it. As I said, I don't use any external speakers just, I don't, just cause I don't feel as though there's a need. And then I already have things hooked up to this right here. Now this is the Shure SM7B, definitely a bit of, uh, Definitely a bit of a overkill in terms of the microphone side of things. I used to use just a, um, a blue, uh, blue Yeti, but this right here is wired. If you can see down here, this is wired into uh, a Scarlett interface. So you can see right there. And then that is wired. And once again, incredible cable management down here, uh, down to Tristan. Once again, thank you for setting all this up. Oh, another thing you'll notice down here is I have a little headphone hook. I use these right here, which is the Bose Quiet Comfort 2s. I actually bought their new ones, like the super stealthy looking, but I actually prefer these. So uh, those are lying around in a cupboard somewhere. So that is that. 
So I said this scarlet actually ends up wiring right back here to the backside of this monitor, and I think it's that cable right there. So there's multiple Thunderball ports. So for example, I could add extra storage, and this is basically a hub and controls. Press that in. Uh, this is a hub and controls everything. So with this one wire, it connects straight to my MacBook. With this wire, my uh, Shure SM7B is always plugged in and always set up. And uh, when I'm not using it, I just push it back there. And as I said, there's plenty of real estate for me to work, do my thing. Now in the right side here, what you'll see is a 12.9 inch MacBook, or sorry, 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I actually picked this up a couple days ago. I had the old one, the 11 inch. And I was like, you know what? Let me just pick up the new one and, and see how I like it. So far, I actually don't have an opinion on it yet. I think I might actually even like the old one a little more. I'm not sure how I feel about this um, new Magic Pro keyboard or whatever the hell they call it, uh, because Sometimes, you know, my Mac, uh, my iPad's laying down and I just wanna open it up and see what's popping on Slack. It's a little tough. So really the only way you can use this thing is in this mode, which is, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. Also, another thing to mention is my iPad is never ever in this room. I just have it here, as I said, just cause I've been fiddling around with it. Um, usually my iPad is downstairs. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I run a pretty successful business. I just don't understand or trust those people who have like six monitors and an iPad and this and that. Like, how the hell do you get any work done? And then they have notifications and they have an Apple Watch and everything's pinging on and they have their phone. My phone is never ever in my office, ever. Uh, as I said, unless it's later on in the day, I'm taking some team calls, I'm doing more chill admin work. Outside of that, my phone is never in my office, my iPad is never in my office. Uh, all that stuff is downstairs, locked away, and I have one screen, and that is the only screen that I need. I don't need these multiple this, that. One screen, good size, 5K, focus. And that's all I need. Now the next thing is some good headphones. Now AirPods or AirPods Pro are great, but when you're 30 minutes into a Brain FM work session, right, there is something very powerful about headphones. Like it just, it has way more of an intense effect, right? So for me personally, I use the uh, AirPods Pro Max, right? So the over-ear headphones, um, they're super nice, but I think they're like $600, so they are overkill. Um, the ones after that, I'd say, are pretty much same sound quality and I think even a little bit more comfortable. It's just obviously the Apple ecosystem is so great between switching between stuff is the uh, Bose Quiet Comfort. Twos, or I think they even have a new version, but like the Bose Quiet Comfort that line, those are by far the second best headphones that I've ever found. Super comfortable. You can work for hours and hours on end with them. Now, with this item, I recommend you do this uh, when you get your first or even second client, right? Because it really solidifies this positive feedback loop, all right? You sign a client and then you reward yourself with something that makes you even more excited to work and then you sign more clients from there, okay? So even when you sign your first or second client, think about getting a nice pair of over-ear uh, over headphones so that way when you work, you're just, um, you're really zoned in. The next thing is pick up some incense sticks. Now, not everyone likes incense sticks, but 80% of people I've spoken to and I absolutely adore them. I've always got them burning. Now I know some people have been like, oh, what, what about like the health issues? Like, I know it's not absolutely detrimental for your health. Um, and you know, for me, it, it's such a massive benefit in my life. It's like same thing with like the Bluetooth, right? I know that the EMS from there aren't the best, but you know, uh, AirPods are such a massive um, contributor to my life that to me, it's worth it, right? And I you know, with that, with them, it's, it's not as much of an issue as, you know, when you're sleeping, you want to remove all EMFs from your bedroom. So anyways, on my point of incense sticks, 
um, you know, very easily on Amazon, you can get a nice incense stick holder for $20, get creative. There's some really cool ones and you can get a pack of 50, uh, 50 incense sticks, um, for literally like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. So, um, order that I've got incense, uh, on all floors of my house. I've always got them burning and they really get me in the zone because obviously they, uh, fo uh force you to kind of breathe, smell, and then that gets you really present. Uh, and gets you really focused from there. The last thing when it comes to optimizing your environment is cable management. Now you would have seen from that office tour video that I basically have no cable showing. And in the same way, you wanna keep your desktop clear to have a clear mind. You also wanna keep your physical desk, right? Your actual desktop, right? And as well as the underside of your desk. Like I see some people with just like horrible, horrible cable management um, uh, when it comes to their, their setup. And for me, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't focus like that. So as I said, after this, and just you know, set some time tomorrow. Uh, after you're done with your work today or tomorrow, just go look on YouTube some cable management videos. Uh, you know, order some stuff on Amazon, and you can just you can clean things up. You know, it doesn't need to be perfect. Like it doesn't need to be like there's no cable showing or only one cable showing. Like there can be a couple cables. It's not an issue, right? Don't stress out over it, but just clean it up as much as you can. Now that we've cleared distraction and actually made room for focus, it's time to get into monk mode. Now, as I said, monk mode came about in 2020 when I would refer to extended periods of kind of focus time as monk mode. Now, I didn't really kind of flesh out a protocol or anything for it until uh, V1, which was right at the beginning of 2020. I was in Cape Town for six weeks and I decided after the first week, which was kind of my birthday celebrations, I went, all right, I'm in monk mode. And for me, monk mode was um, no caffeine, no alcohol, um, you know, keto carnivore, uh, no more than 60 minutes a day of screen time. Uh, and yeah, I think that was it. And then uh, 45 minutes a day of exercise, you know, even on Saturdays, which is usually when I take off, just did a nice brisk walk. Then the next version of monk mode that I did, I actually implemented an hour a day of meditation, which was extremely hard. That monk mode, uh, the V2 was extremely, extremely hard. So that was actually the V2 of monk mode that I did. And since then with each monk mode that I do, there's some things that stay co constant for me, right? Um, no alcohol, no caffeine, uh, screen time limited, sticking to the diet. So, you know, for me, that means strict keto. Uh, and then from the other ones, like I can add or I can remove stuff. So sometimes I've even done once a day prayer. Uh, and for those of you guys that are asking, I'm not religious with a specific religion, but, but I do believe in God, but not specifically a person. Um, and I'm very, very spiritual. So anyways, that's that. Uh, and then I've also done periods like, uh, you know, meditation, like meditation is part of it. So Really, there needs to be constants, which we'll talk about in just a second. I'll give you guys a monk mode protocol. And then you add your other variables. And that's what's so important. And that's the issue that I found with other protocols. And I mean, I've had so many people ask me, hey, can you write a monk mode book? Can you make an app? And you know what? Maybe I will uh, in the future. But the biggest issue I found is, you know, things like 75 hard, which is something that's very common. You know, with that one, it's a 75 day program and it's very rigid. You know, it's like you have to train twice a day, like you have to exercise twice a day. Um, you have to drink like a certain amount of water. Uh, you have to take a progress pick and like a couple different things. But like, let's say for us entrepreneurs, right? It's not really beneficial to train twice a day, right? So with monk mode, I do 45 minutes a day. And sometimes I've even done periods where I remove that because I know naturally I exercise five times a week for 45 minutes anyways, right? And there needs to be some non-negotiables and we'll get into that. But then really the thing with the protocol is being able to add things that are important to you. So for you, you know, your monk mode uh, may be 10 looms a day, or for you, Monk Mode may be an hour of out, uh, prospecting per day, no matter what, even if it's Saturday, you know, really just keep that momentum going. Another thing is, I think it's important for you to set your own time frame for Monk Mode, because there have been Monk Mode periods where I've done for 60 days, and somewhere I just need to do it in a, like a really focused 21 day burst with Monk Mode. And when I come out of Monk Mode, it's not like, you know, 
I go, you know, I'm, you know, messing around and, and, you know, not sticking to my routines. It's just, you know, I'll do really intense, like really strict 21 days and then kind of uh, take my foot off the gas slightly. So this is really the power of monk mode. And this is why so many people have taken this monk mode concept and have run with it. So in today's module and, you know, really in the plug and play that I want to get into, I just want to show you how to actually build this thing and kind of build your own monk mode. You know, we're both still doing monk mode together. You know, we're still, you know, we're on the same team here and we've got some, uh, we both have some non-negotiables we must do, but then we can kind of uh, build out some of our own specs as well. So yeah, let's go ahead and build out your own monk mode protocol. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into monk mode. So as I said, monk mode is a period of immersion that you commit to. Unlike other protocols, you create your own variables aside from the few that are set for you. There are three variables that you need to abide by no matter what, and then two, which you select your own. So as I said, monk mode is five variables, because if you start adding too many and there's 10 things you need to abide by every single day, then it, it just gets too much, okay? So non-negotiables are meditation, 10 minutes per day. Now you can do any kind you like, but it must be at least 10 minutes a day, and it must be every day, okay? So you can also do, you know, I've done monk modes where I've done an hour a day. Right, so minimum 10 minutes per day. You can do more, you can do less, and you can do any kind of meditation you like. Next thing is ex exercise, 30 minutes per day. Now this can be a gym workout, yoga, run, basketball, or even a brisk walk. Point is to get your heart rate up, and it must be every day. Now on days where you fear overtraining, just do a long walk, okay? Like a long walk is not gonna strain you. Next thing is no alcohol or weed. Simple, not even a beer, cut it. And I know for some of you guys, you're saying, hey, I, I, I still work very well. Like I can still smoke a joint at night and be totally fine in the morning. Like, I don't care. I, I don't want to hear it. Cut it, okay? Now, in terms of variables you can add, no caffeine. Now, this is a personal favorite of mine. Okay, so I always do a no caffeine as well. Next thing is stick to diet. This is also a personal favorite I do. Obviously, I do keto. Uh, next thing is pray one time a day. This is also a personal favorite of mine. Next thing is do X amount of X type of outreach, or you can just say, hey, I need to do two hours a day of outreach, no matter what the day is. Next thing you can do is screen time of less than X per day. So whatever that is for you. And the next thing is delete Instagram off phone and computer. So those are just some variables that you can add, but you can do as many uh, additional as you want. Now, when it comes to tracking, I want you to write down your monk mode protocol on a whiteboard or save it as your desktop slash wallpaper. So that way it's visible to you every day. All right, so you're gonna look at it every single day and at the end of each day, you're gonna keep a track of how many days streak you have accomplished. So you wanna aim for 21 days in your first cycle because this is such a intense, you know, this is such a, this, this will be a bit of a shock to the system. So do 21 days, maybe take a week off and then try 30 days, all right? And you can kind of work up from there, right? Because if you go straight into 60 day pelt, then, you know, it just might be a little bit too much for you to handle. And ladies and gentlemen, just on that time frame thing, as I said, that's one of the issues. And this is not to criticize like any other protocols or this or that, but just for us specifically, because the thing is we need to tweak it for us as entrepreneurs that do what we do. Like we need to have a protocol that works well for us. As I said, I said for us many times, but um, that's why, you know, 75 days is very, very intense. It's a long commitment. So I think 21 days for the first cycle in a case where you may not have the strongest discipline, I think is a very, very good idea to begin with. So. Let's get into the action step. So today's action step is I want you to write out your monk mode protocol, three set and two variables that you add, and then share it in the community. Respond to your own post 21 days later when you've completed the first cycle of your monk mode. So you can just go ahead and reply to the thread and you know, it'll be an awesome feeling for you. So ladies and gentlemen, that is monk mode. It is time for you to build out your own monk mode protocol. We're in the same journey together. We're going to be, you know, in the same uh, immersion program together. Um, but, and you know, we've got some set variables that we both share, uh, but then you can add some of your own variables as well. So I hope you guys have enjoyed and I'll catch you in the next one.